0: Please have a seat, I'm going to have a reading from John chapter 18, starting at verse 28 in our continuing series, All Things New. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, what charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Pilate then went back outside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea? said Jesus, or did someone else talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you've done? What is truth, retorted Pilate. With this he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. But is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, no, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had taken a part in an uprising. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We're surrounded by words on the TV, internet, radio, telephone, books, emails, social media, even in good old fashioned conversation. Words are everywhere. Words are vital. But all too frequently, words are not true. For instance, do any of these sound familiar? The checks in the post. I'll start my diet tomorrow. One size fits all. This questionnaire will only take two minutes. Congratulations, you've already won £50,000. Open wide, this won't hurt a bit. I'm from the Inland Revenue and I'm here to help. Lying is so widespread that it no longer surprises us. We take it for granted that people are economical with the truth. Statistics are massaged, expenses are inflated, work experience is padded, alibis are invented, excuses are manufactured, difficult issues are evaded, even photographs are enhanced. It's not just others who lie, we lie too. We lie at work. About our hours, our expenses, our lunch breaks. Who really did break the photocopier? We lie at home. No, really, your hair looks lovely. I thought there was more in our joint account. I don't mind missing the rugby if you want to see your mom. We lie to the doctor. Yes, I do take regular exercise. We lie to the traffic police. Speed restrictions? I had no idea. Dr. Leonard Keller, the inventor of the lie detector, surveyed 25,000 people in the course of his research. He concluded, people are basically dishonest. The truth about lying is that we live in the age of severe truth decay. You see, there are so many ways to lie. There is the utter fabrication, like the one told by the man who was very surprised going into work when his boss asked him, Do you believe in life after death? Yes, I do, answered the man. That's relief, because yesterday after you left to go to your grandmother's funeral, she called in to see how you were doing. There's the lie of silence when we fail to mention a significant fact, the lie of the misleading hint where we don't actually construct the lie. We offer the bricks to someone else and let them read it. We simply insinuate by saying things like, I'd better not say anything, or if you only knew what I knew. Then there's exaggeration where we take the facts and make them sound a little bit bigger and a little bit rosier and a little bit glossier. Or gossip, gossip is when you hear something you like about someone you don't. Gossip is repeating private information to someone who is neither part of the problem or part of the solution. Gossip is saying something behind someone's back that you wouldn't say to their face. Then, of course, there's flattery, which in many ways is the exact opposite. Flattery is saying something to someone's face which you would never say behind their back. Flattery is insincere praise, usually delivered to try and get something out of someone. As someone has said, flattery is an artificial sweetener and has no nutritional value. Why do we lie? We lie to deny the truth about who we are and what we have done. We lie because we're afraid of the consequences of truth. We lie because we're afraid we'll be found out and we lie to save our own neck. The trouble with lying is that it hurts not only us, it also hurts other people. That's why the ninth of the tenth commandments that God gave the people of Israel was, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. When we lie, people get hurt. The little white lie we told to get ourselves off the hook, put someone else on the hook, Adjusting our work record ever so slightly to make ourselves look a little bit better, make someone else look a little bit worse? Is there any coincidence that in this pandemic of lying is also an unprecedented level of family breakdown? The fabric of human relationships is woven with trust. When we lie, that fabric is torn apart. So what do we do? The first thing is to let go of lies, to be aware of the power of the tongue. It only makes up 0.045% of our body weight, and yet it can be our greatest asset and our most destructive weapon. In the Bible, James, the brother of Jesus, says the tongue is a restless evil full of deadly poison. In the playground, we may have heard the saying, we may have even said it ourselves, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Hardly ever was a greater untruth said. Long after broken bones have healed, the wounds caused by words can stay with us for years, decades, even throughout the entirety of our lives words shape us as human beings for good or ill. We need to be very careful what we say. As one proverb proverb goes, don't talk unless you can improve the silence. And we need to shun gossip, not just in terms of what we say, but also what we listen to. The person who listens to gossip is just as guilty as the one who speaks it. A good guideline is to ask ourselves before we speak, how would I feel if the person concerned could hear us speaking? When we're listening to someone else, rather than just sucking in all the details like a vacuum cleaner, we need to challenge the speaker and have the courage to do that. Perhaps by asking questions like, are you sure? Have you checked this out? If you don't mind, I'd rather not talk about this. If we do that, then we'll become known as someone who is not willing to deal in gossip. It won't make us popular, but it will gain respect. And Remember, if someone is willing to gossip to you, they will probably also gossip about you. It's better to avoid gossip. There are much better things to talk about. So we need to let go of lies. We also need to hold to the truth, first of all by being honest and then by being open. As the saying goes about being honest, say what you mean, mean what you say, but don't say it mean. It's about speaking the truth in love and honesty is so refreshing, but being honest is not easy. It means admitting when we're wrong, when we're tempted to lie, placing truth above our own reputation. That can be very costly and uncomfortable, but it brings a smile to God's face. And in the long run, it will bring a smile to ours. It's also important to be open. There are things that we shouldn't be open about, like perhaps our bank account pin number or our uh, surprise birthday party we're planning for someone we love. But there are so many secrets that are not good. Many people have things in their past which cripple them today. And these things need to be dealt with. One of the reasons why we have life groups in this church is to offer an opportunity for voluntary accountability where we can speak about our daily worries, challenges, and temptations in a confidential environment. And in that, God brings healing. It may be time for you to unburden yourself to someone to someone, about something you've been carrying for years by speaking confidentially to a good friend or a confidant or a counsellor. One woman did just that. She went to a psychologist to try to work out some of her problems. The psychologist brought her back in her own mind to her childhood. She described a time when she was at school and for some unknown reason her teacher had taken a great dislike to her. At one point, the teacher called her to the front and told her to write on the blackboard, I am a failure. How did you feel? The psychologist asked her. How did I feel? She said. I cried. I was ashamed. I wanted to die. I'm a Christian, the psychologist said. And you may not have been aware of this, but something else happened that day. At the back of the room, there was another man whose name is Jesus. He got up, walked to the front, took the board rubber and rubbed the board clean. Then he took the chalk and wrote on the board, I love you. The fact is Jesus Christ has done that for every single one of us. He came to rub out all the hurtful things that have been said about us. Some of those things were true. Some of them were untrue. But he came to deal with all the hurt and harshness and untruth. He came not to rub it in, as we so often imagine. He came to rub it out. To know Jesus is to know the truth. One person who knew him better than most, John the Apostle, our gospel writer, said this, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is so distinctive and so attractive, in fact, so unique, because he came to help and not condemn. And he himself is truth personified. That's why he stands out unique in human history. He told his followers to turn the other cheek. And when he was beaten brutally, he did exactly that. He told his followers to forgive those who persecuted them. And when his executioners drove in the nails, he prayed for their forgiveness. Jesus spoke of a God of love who accepted sinners and he showed it throughout his life. He spoke about a God who was stronger than death. And then he rose from the grave. In the Bible, particularly the four Gospels, we see that Jesus is the truth. He is God. We also see the truth about human beings, particularly in this chapter, John 18. In many ways, we've got the most sophisticated legal system in the world, the Roman Empire, and the most advanced religious body in the world, the Sanhedrin, and the Jewish leaders. The religious authorities gathered a court in the middle of the night. They broke their own rules again and again because they wanted to get rid of Jesus. They needed charges. They couldn't find any, so they lied. False allegations flew as the words of Jesus were misreported. Then Jesus was dragged before the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, who was unnerved by Jesus because he refused to answer the questions or even plead for his own life. At one point, as Pilate is questioning Jesus about his kingdom, Jesus says, You're right in saying I am a king. For this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Then Pilate asks a profound, and yet pathetic question: What is truth? Pilate is so blinded by lies he cannot even recognize the one who is the truth when he's standing at arm's length. Sometimes we say, "If only Jesus came now, then I'd believe." That's nonsense. If he came today, we would do exactly the same as we did then. We would try to change his views. We would find him deeply uncomfortable. We'd try to silence him. And when that failed, we would kill him. Jesus wasn't executed by lunatics, but by well-educated, sophisticated religious people who wanted to preserve the system and to avoid trouble. The people who had Jesus executed were people just like you and me. Like Pilate, our tendency is to wash our hands of our own guilt. We want to blame somebody else. But Jesus, he does exactly the opposite. He extends his hands on the cross and he actually takes voluntarily the guilt of other people the guilt of us all. And he is raised from the dead. And he is among us this morning by his Holy Spirit. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no alternative. And he's here today to set us free from our web of lies. Lies that we've believed about ourselves. Lies we've believed about God. Lies we've believed about other people lies that we have spoken lies that we willingly listen to lies that we live he wants to meet with us today to bring healing forgiveness transformation and empowerment he's among us today longing to bring healing in our lives for words that were spoken to you or about you words that have caused deep hurt Those words may have been true or they may have been lies, but they were not spoken in love. They were harsh and unloving, discouraging or even crushing. They may have been spoken yesterday. They may have been spoken 50 years ago. I wonder if, like me, you can remember conversations that happened 30 or 40 years ago particularly by someone who is in a position of authority, a teacher, a parent, a grandparent, an uncle or an aunt, someone in a position of authority who spoke and humiliated you and crushed you. And today, you can still remember where you were standing and you can still remember exactly the words that were spoken. If that's the case for you, I want to encourage you, come to the Lord today and be unburdened be healed. We also need forgiveness. We need forgiveness for the words that we have spoken that have caused hurt to others, have damaged their reputation, for gossip we have spoken or listened to, or things we've said to save our own skin. We also need to come for forgiveness for remaining silent when we really should have spoken. Perhaps this morning you want to invite Jesus Christ into your heart. You have recognized the damage that untruth does in your life and the lives of others. And your life sometimes has felt or feels so caught up in a web of lies that you wonder how on earth it can ever be untangled. And the Lord says to us, come with all the complexity and all the mess and all the hurt and all the guilt and all the complication and just hand it over. Perhaps this morning you just want to say, Lord, come into my life to bring your forgiveness, to bring your hope, to bring your life into my situation, which sometimes feels deathly. And to have a heart and lips that are full of truth it's just not just about being people who avoid speaking untruth. It's about becoming, by the power of Christ in us, people who live lives of transparency, honesty, openness, and actually truthfulness. And what we say are words of encouragement. Our new dialect, our new dialogue becomes encouragement. It becomes hope. It becomes pointing to Jesus. We know when to speak, and we know when to remain silent and we only ever speak the truth, and what we say is for the building up of other people and for the good of other people. We say what Jesus would say in our circumstances. We pray for the gifting of the Holy Spirit to enable us to be people full of encouragement, people who can have discernment and wisdom or teach or preach or evangelize all the spiritual gifts that involve speech, that it would be speech that would give glory to God. So what I'd love us to do is is to bring that pain, guilt, hopelessness, and hope for a brighter future and brighter reality to the Lord and to pray that he would meet with us by his Holy Spirit. That he would cleanse us afresh. That he would put a new heart in ours. Take away a heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. That he would be our teacher, the the Holy Spirit working in us to prompt us and guide us. And to live new lives as ambassadors for Christ, going out into the world as ambassadors to speak the words that Jesus would have us speak. Shall we stand stand together? Lord, we thank you that you are here among us. You are the truth who sets us free. You are Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, we pray for forgiveness today. We pray for forgiveness for the words that we have spoken that have caused hurt. Words that sometimes have been true but had no love in them. Words that were untrue. Words that we should have spoken but we remain silent. Words that made ourselves look better, or to try and pave a more convenient path for ourselves. Lord, forgive us, and may those whom our words have damaged also be blessed. May those who have hurt us be forgiven. May those whom we have hurt give us their forgiveness. And Father, we pray, Lord, that you would strengthen us to be people of truth and to have courage only to speak the truth and to do so in love and to do so for the building up of other people and for the goodness. And we pray, Lord, that you would bring healing today from the words that have brought humiliation, words that have brought crushing, words that have weighed us down for years and decades or weeks or months. Lord, we bring them to you. And we know today that you are saying to us by your Holy Spirit to listen only to your voice to listen only to the voice of the Good Shepherd. Lord, attune our hearts and our ears that we may only listen to what is good, that we may only speak what is good and true. Anoint our lips, anoint our ears, anoint our hearts and bodies. Give us clean hearts and clean lips that we may be people of truth in a world of truth decay. And so, Lord, may you be glorified. And we thank you, Lord, that even though we fail in this over and over again, and we will fail in this again, we thank you, Lord, that you are a patient and loving God and that your banner over us is truth and love and that we are forgiven and set free. And before you, we can be transparent because we are loved just the way we are. We are forgiven just the way we are. And yet, Lord, you're painting a new future for us. So, Lord, as we meet with you, as you have promised, meet with us. Because you are true, your word is true. And you always deliver on your promises. You're with us now. You'll be with us always to the very end of the age. And you will declare the truth in that moment as we realize fully who you are and you will speak the truth and say, this one is mine, this one belongs to me.